Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, as well, inside sports fantasy football, go ahead and check out Magic Man Sean Grice, myself, and Chris Ardieri as we covered NFL Week 7. Best tips for your fantasy football team. And some underdogs as well you need to take a look at. We go ahead and cover the fantasy football world like no one else at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus also as well, Joe Sorrell, he just popped in here. Go ahead and check him out today. Of course, as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. You know they've got a lot of mean and nasty and unkind words to say about that lineup in the second half. So go ahead and make sure you're part of that conversation at LakersBall.com. Plus he owns a company you need to support today. Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. If you live in the Southern California and you need a new, a new lawn, a new lawn for your house, please go ahead and check out Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Laker Tom, who's probably not happy right now, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and Jamie Sweet, who will also be performing this weekend. So good luck to him on that. They're at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check them out. Plus, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in Five. And John McCallion, go ahead and support those channels. Plus, also speaking of subscribing and supporting our channel, not only can you subscribe today to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air, but in the description below is our brand new merchandise store. So if you want the latest Lakers Fast Break merchandise, the link is right below. Go ahead and check it out. And go ahead and go get something for yourself, courtesy of your friends right here with the stuff that's out there. Good prices from your friends at the Lakers Fast Break. And speaking of Lakers Fast Break, don't forget next Tuesday, the season starts 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Only for us on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Join us and be part of the fun right there in the chat. I do want to mention, though, before we start, Cool Bro asked a question on where you can get the games uh, to listen for free. I probably will cannot say that out in the public and say that right there, but probably type it up in a search 
on a Google search, and that's I'll tell you that's probably the best way to go ahead and get started where you can find where you get the feed at, whether it's legal or maybe not so legal. I don't know, but probably the best play that place I'd start is typing up where can you get the Lakers games for free right there for you. So see, we can go from there. So best wishes to you on that. Darren said, after a game like today, it's apparent that Cam Reddish is your best player off the bench. And if that's the case, you're in trouble. Well, the Lakers, unfortunately, got a lot of trouble in the second half. They came into Palm Springs, finishing up the exhibition season against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, in the first half, they played their strong rotation, including what we believe is going to be the starting lineup, which includes Torian Prince, who's played very well in the exhibition season. And for the most part, the Lakers look okay together as a starting lineup and as a main rotation in the first half, uh, going out to a 58-54 lead in the first half over the Phoenix Suns. But in the third quarter, after the starters were benched, they put out a rotation without a true playmaker in game Vincent, who was sitting out the game due to injury. Also, JHS was sitting out the game as well, and it showed as just the cohesiveness, the attention to detail about the offensive and defensive end just really just fell apart. And the minimum salaried rotation of the Phoenix Suns outplayed the Lakers in every which way or form in that third quarter, outscoring them by 35 to 15 as a whole. And they cruised to an easy 123 to 100 victory over the Lakers, who unfortunately end this, the exhibition season two and four, really not a precursor to anything big because we finished with only one win last exhibition season. You saw how well that season is. So definitely you don't want to take too much from them, but that performance by the rotation guys, some of the rotation guys anyways, in the third quarter was truly disappointing. And here today to talk about the disappointment, good man. Indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and join us for today's Post game, the best Lakers post game that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Magic Man, as you were on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break throughout the entire night with our audience there. It was truly a disappointing venture in that third quarter after you got some good idea what the Lakers can do in that first half. Yeah, Gerald, um, they often say, you know, it's it was boring as watching paint dry. Uh, this is more like a root canal, which I recently went through a couple months ago. Um, very painful, very painful to watch. Um, the first half there were there were some pockets of positivity. I mean, all all the starters basically played over twenty minutes. Uh, Sans Torian Prince, uh, LeBron looked really really spry in the first half. Gerald, that's probably the best. He's looked all preseason. That's yeah. probably the only silver lining uh, in this game for the Lakers. And uh, as Gerald said, uh, the first half had its um, had its bumps and valleys. Both teams um, kind of presenting themselves, and then the third quarter, their reserves just um, buried our reserves, just conked them right in the head, almost into the ground, Gerald. Um, Yes, we can't make too much out of six games that have no meaning in the, the spirit of the game. That being said, a little concerning that 
uh, one team's role players uh, do their job, uh, particularly Drew Eubanks and uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, both were basically read and reacting that entire third quarter, Gerald. They were uh, both playmaking as well in the mid post, high post area. Uh, Nurkic was able to uh, make Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood look silly, Gerald. Um, you know, neither one of those guys uh, had their eye on uh, Nurkic when he had the ball on the left wing, and it was an easy back backdoor cut, Gerald. It, it was really, really hard to watch, uh, especially considering the fact that Wood's really trying to make an impact and be a good help defender um, but he wasn't today. Eight minutes, uh, not a whole lot of production out of him. Uh, Max Christie, we're, we're also looking for, you know, some signs of progression, Gerald. Didn't see it again, unfortunately. Uh, again, you're looking at one team like the Suns. They have a lot of read and react role players, and Max isn't reading and reacting, Gerald. It seems, as uh, you're right, he's pressing. That's that's what it looks like. Everything's tense for him. And sure, he looks great against in the fourth quarter when it's garbage time. But it's when you needed him in third quarter action, with them bombing from the outside and hitting three after three after three in that third quarter. That's when you needed him the most. And also Cam Reddish, who looked truly disappointing today as well. Absolutely, that uh, five man lineup is uh, just absolutely. Trashco. It's not. It's not even a dumpster fire. It's Trashco. Um, Cam Reddish, Max Christie, Rui Hashimura, Jackson Hayes, and Christian Wood are is the worst five man lineup we've seen so far in the preseason drill. Let's hope that five man lineup never sees the light of day again. I hope so. That was just putrid. Yeah, Lakers up sixty five, sixty four, and then and it seemed like in a span of. You know, about eight minutes, it went from uh, a four-point Laker lead to uh, the Lakers being down 89-73. Outscored 35-15 in the third quarter. And uh, it should be, uh, you would hope it'd be maybe a wake-up call to some of our role players. Absolutely. But again, the Lakers unfortunately fall after a very disappointing third quarter, 123-100. to But also here today... Good man, indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out at Simblades, simbladeswithay.com. And, of course, what he does is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And, Joe, unfortunately, just a very disappointing second half, uh, ending the exhibition season not quite to what you were hoping for at – excuse me, what you were planning for at 3-3. Three and three. Your thoughts, my friend? You know, the first half, you could take some good solace out of what – you know, how they played – LeBron ended up with a very strong 19 points and looked good, looked fluid. Anthony Davis continuing with 15 points and six blocks, and Austin Reeves chipping in with 14. Those were the highlights, but again, that second half leaves pretty much a sour taste in everyone's mouth going into the regular season. Reddish, Christie, and uh, Hachimura was, I believe, a test run by. Darvin Ham to see how this lineup would would play, and while we don't want to use a eight nine minute run to determine uh, a lineup, it was pretty bad. 
Cam Reddish. I agree with Intel. We needed Vando and Gabe in the lineup today. I, I don't. I don't really know if, if Vando would have made a difference if he had, let's say, been inserted for I don't know um, Christie, but mm-hmm. because this team couldn't really kind of run any flow offensively, and then on defense they were all pretty much in the wrong spots, which was probably the most disappointing because they weren't playing the starters in Phoenix. They were playing bench players there too. And those guys looked like they knew what the hell they were doing. So in, in looking at these particular players, when they aren't around immense great talent, like LeBron and AD, and then really good players like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, you see the deficiencies really, really bad. And you start to see why someone like Jackson Hayes, who's been on a lousy team for four years in New Orleans, this is the result of it. And then, of course, Rui being the inconsistent player that he he was before the playoffs last year, and really before this game, because he actually played pretty well in the first five uh, preseason games. It's It's difficult, guys, when there isn't a cohesiveness or a chemistry that's kind of that resembles a, a, a team basketball or professional basketball. It was, it looked like what we would play at, at, at the, at the 24 hour fitness with, with four new guys, you know, no one knows where to go. You're passing this way. You're passing that way. All of a sudden when you, you miss the shot, then you're going back. Your transition defense is terrible. You get backdoored left and right. They hit threes left and right. It's just a, it was, <laughs> it was sacrificial lambs in a lot of ways. Darvin Ham uh, put those guys out there and let them really soak in the disappointment. I think if you were going to do that in any game, I think you do that in this game. And if they're going to prove otherwise, they're going to have to figure out how to do it in the regular season. So he's got some film right now. I I would definitely, if I'm Darvin Ham, uh, during practice, I don't know if these guys are going to get the night off after tonight. Uh, I don't know if they practice during the weekends, but let's just say they they, they go look at film on Monday, the day before uh, uh, the beginning of the year starts. I would be showing that third quarter to those guys and saying, what happened here? What happened there? What happened here? What happened there? And kind of get those guys really understanding how if this is how you guys are going to play, you're going to run down LeBron and AD and we're going to have less of a chance of winning it all. Oh, and Gabe Vincent and uh, Jared Vanderbilt, please stop getting injured and make sure you're available because mixing those two guys back into that particular lineup would help out probably a little bit more by removing Reddish and let's say uh, Christie. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is the Lakers, unfortunately, losing 123 to 100. They fall to two and four in the exhibition season. Magic Man, I want to go ahead and hit you up next when it concerns what Intel Wild is talking about. What we did see that is good was, of course, LeBron feeling quite spry and actually playing uh, with it. With, of course, a 19-point outburst today, really looking like he was flows. Quickness was there, sharpness, uh, heading to the basket. Really absolutely liked what everything I saw. And with AD, you know, Joe's been commenting at this constantly. And Intel Wild was backing that up in, with his super chat. And we truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate Intel with a great comment there. AD with five blocks in the first quarter. This is what you need from someone that Joe and myself and you, I'm assuming, also as well, look forward to as far as someone that if he stays healthy should be a top contender for defensive player of the year. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. A hundred percent. Five blocks in, uh, in uh, 13 minutes is uh, pretty damn good. That's, uh, you know, almost a block every, you know, less 2.6 minutes, which is just obscene, but uh, that's what he could do. Um, you know, he met the, he met the moment, uh, tonight, Gerald, uh, it seemed like the starters at least were trying to meet the challenge of, uh, you know, playing three fifths of the sun starting five. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely what he could deliver from, from a mindset being that, uh, defensive anchor, uh, we're going to need it, especially against them. Um, yeah. they played a lot of, they played a lot of hedge and drop they also they're asking their bigs to just play a simple game read and react and ad played it played it pretty well gerald played it like straight up it's gonna be it should be a little different just slightly different with uh both beal and booker in there the looks but for the most part phoenix basically ran what they're gonna run and um you know we're we're gonna need ad at the top of his game defensively Absolutely. Uh, and you saw the different matchups, Joe. And even this was not, like you said, without Joe, the two of the three big three for Phoenix. I mean, this is the game where you should have made a statement to, to the Phoenix Suns uh, in a game where you're playing your rotation players for the first three quarters, essentially, of the game. A bigger statement should have been made, but it seemed like Phoenix was the one making it today, especially in that second half. Joe? Yeah, I... I don't really think you needed to send a message to Phoenix tonight. 
I think you needed to send a message to your players. I think that was probably more important. I just don't think Darvin Ham would have left that team in as long as he did with, if he wasn't trying to show them who they were. And tough love is is what he did because that was a watched, tough love. Yeah, we watched them. In my opinion, I, I I didn't see the first two preseason games, but I saw the last four. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I didn't see the first three. I saw the last three. Uh, the last two that I saw, I saw very good basketball. Uh, and even from the bench guys, even though we lost the last two, it's still there was a there was a chemistry, there was uh, positiveness in a lot of the games that we saw. And uh, the starters in every game had a lead, you know, playing into the first quarter. Now, here's the positive in all this, okay? And, and Laker Tom, if you're listening, you're going to get really excited here, okay? If this becomes a problem, and Empire Jeff had uh, discussed that he feels like there might be a lot of activity this year should a team find itself out of contention. We might have to get something put together to get maybe one more or two more guys to kind of finish this off. So we have the starters, and I believe we have at least two or three good bench guys, which really an eight- to nine-man rotation really is the reality of this, guys. And we have those guys. Two of those guys didn't play, uh, haven't been playing in Vanderbilt and Gabe Vincent. That's going to make a world of difference. And then uh, if we can at least get the Jackson Hayes to to kind of at least do some backup work that's relevant, then you're you're good. And that's the key here, guys. This is the most important part. I'm not looking at I'm not looking at this from any other aspect except you've got certain guys that you know what you're going to get from. And even the guys that are like Adilo and they and Austin Reeves, they seem to have improved a little on top of the fact that they didn't play too bad last year. So that's going to help. And LeBron looked absolutely phenomenal. Holy crap. That three-point shot he made that was kind of a, a step-back three off one leg, I mean, that ball went in like, like it dropped in. He looks amazing. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but please, guys, please help this man play 30 minutes a game during the year. Because if that's if that guy is fresh at the end of the year, you are going to win a championship, especially with AD playing defense the way he did today. I mean, that it was nice that the the, the stat, statistician actually counted all his blocks in this game because usually he has that kind of effect. And I always see two blocks. I'm like, what the? F- How the hell did he have two blocks? I saw him like deflect five of them. I don't know what goes on with that, but maybe I'm messed up. But he is just unreal, unreal on defense. And please, injury gods, let this guy play 70 games so he can win a damn defensive player of the year. He has earned it. And uh, it, of course, if he plays 70 games, that means the Lakers are a top four seed. Once again, it's the Lakers, unfortunately, falling 123 to 100. They fall to two and four in the exhibition season. Please join us this weekend. We've got some great coverage, not only a great show on Friday, but the Lakerholics back in action on Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, got a big crew lined up, hopefully, for that show. And they're going to be talking about the their thoughts on the upcoming season, plus as well, 
Sunday and Monday, especially Monday, is going to be our big season preview. I'm going to go ahead and hit up the guys here over the course of the next few days, asking their thoughts on the Eastern and Western Conference, plus where they think the Lakers will end up. So we'll be covering that in detail on a big, huge extravaganza-like show on Monday that only we can do right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But Magic Man, uh, I'm going to be heading on out here. I'm going to turn over the hosting duties to you. But before we do, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask you your thoughts But as you take on over here, my friend, and just tell the public out there exactly everything that you saw good and decent regards to how well that starting lineup looked with Torian Prince, my friend. Yeah, Gerald. Um, you know what? It it Torian Prince was aggressive again. Um, just not only looking for the three point shot, but uh, he was also determined to attack the rim as well, Joe. He's uh, he's found uh, a comfort level with, uh, and we we saw it before in uh, in the preseason game against the Nets that uh, you'd missed. Uh, LeBron uh, had attacked the rim, and Prince was right behind him ready for a putback if he had missed it. So, I mean, he's he's kind of showing his um, his versatility a little bit with uh, his off-the-ball confidence now that he's seeing the shots go in. Obviously, Joe, we could throw you could throw out the pencil now. You can marker it in. You can marker it in. Prince is going to be the fifth starter. Yeah, he's he, he had actually his worst preseason game tonight, but you could see the – you can see that there's something there with this particular lineup and Austin Reeves, man, he's, if he's going to start hitting Steph Curry threes, there's that that's going to be another big thing for the Lakers. And we gotta, we gotta also understand guys, these guys have to play the real game. And right. They, and and as, as well, Prince, Prince was uh, checking KD tonight, Joe. So yeah. And I, uh, KD, uh, oof. He's looking good too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God help us all. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I. I. I don't think anybody's going to be able to cover on this team unless it's AD. But that's that might be a detriment to the to the overall team defense. But uh, you might need to let a, a KD do his thing because I. I don't know who the hell is going to guard him. I really don't. Uh, you're just going to have to hope he drops 35 and just doesn't like you know overly kill you, so to speak. But then we didn't have Booker here either. Bradley Beal, you know, Bradley Beal has been a major issue in terms of health. So I'm I'm going to wait for that one to develop before I say, well, we have to worry about Bradley Beal and Booker. But Booker and, 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 and Kevin Durant are bad enough. And then, of course, you have a coach who kind of knows this team. And that, I think, played a factor in maybe the reason why he was able to get his guys going a certain way. I, I know a lot of people out there don't give Frank Vogel a lot of credit for being a good coach. Frank Vogel is a good coach. Frank Vogel knows how to coach. I wish Frank Vogel was still the coach of this team. Uh, it's not a backhand to Darvin Ham, but I just thought that was a, a bad move uh, by the Lakers because I think his defensive uh, wizardry and you're talking about a guy who, who, who almost coached uh, two Indiana teams in beating uh, LeBron in his prime prime. I mean, this guy knows how to coach guys. And I didn't think that those Indiana teams, I mean, the fact that he almost turned Roy Herbert into a defensive player of the year player should, should tell you that. And of course, Paul George in his prime at that point was pretty good too. But the Lakers are, 
are going to have to obviously show what they've got when it really matters. We're going to find out on Tuesday and Thursday, and that's going to set the table at least for the first couple weeks, in my opinion. If if they go 0-2, it's not the end of the world, but it won't look good. It just won't look good. So I'm hoping for at least a 1-1. Uh, if they have a miracle 2-0 start, then we're going to, we're going to we're going to see a lot of enthusiasm in, in 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 and around the league in and around the Laker Nation yeah it's uh i i wish they had played this game maybe a couple games before and played better tonight i don't i don't like finishing the regular season looking inadequate and this was the only game they looked really inadequate in the second half so i don't know we'll see what happens We'll definitely see what happens, but uh, I wanted to uh, get your thought and the audience thought on this. Again, in the preseason, Joe, a similar story as the last year. The Lakers were badly out-rebounded. Uh, Suns out-rebounded the Lakers 50-35 to 35 tonight, Joe, and we're seeing. I'm seeing a particular just dead set issue that hasn't resolved itself even up until last year. So the, the trade we made was really beneficial, but it also had its drawbacks and its flaws. And one of the flaws is that the Lakers have a, a, a penchant for doing this, Joe, because Ham likes to play that three-guard lineup or likes to take advantage of matchups, oftentimes he'll ask at least one or two players to cheat from the top of the key to the free throw line, right? So we'll see like three or four Lakers beneath the free throw line when a shot goes up and not not one person can corral a board. Not one. It's going to be a problem all year until, the, until they absolutely figure out that you need at least two guys at the top. Or if you're going to cheat like that, you need to have somebody like a Russell Westbrook who's, who's that kind of offensive rebounder. We don't have somebody like that. So I think that 4-1 problem we have, especially in transition, Joe, is going to be a problem. Rebounding is about desire and fundamentals. This is the part where coaching makes a difference. Being able to implement the fundamentals and the basics of basketball to help your team win. They have to solve this problem. Even when they were playing well, they, kept, they, they were getting out-rebounded. There was a play tonight, I think it was in the second quarter, where – five of the Laker players were in the paint and I can't remember who the player was with on the Suns got the rebound in between that circle I'm like guys what the freak is going on here like get your get your act together with this rebounding AD is not going to always be there to rebound AD is covering guys blocking shots when you block shots you need somebody out there to back him up unfortunately, Christian Wood's not likely going to be that guy. Can you get Jackson Hayes to do it? Jackson Hayes isn't really a rebounder either. So if, in talking about the, the the realities of what could happen in the future here for the Lakers in terms of possible trade options, is there a trade option out there that the Lakers have enough assets to get to get a rebounder on this team? Or does the NBA really have that player anymore? Like, who's really a rebounder in the NBA? I mean, we have the number one guy, really, and then you got Sabonis, who was the de facto 
rebounding champ last year because AD didn't play the necessary games to qualify. So what, and, and he was, you know, I don't really consider him a dynamo there. So what is rebounding in the NBA these days? Does it matter? Does it really matter? Because we were having these problems last year too. I don't know. I'm kind of caught in a little quandary here. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Is it something that they just will kind of just go, well, you can't be perfect at everything. Are we, you know, that's just one thing we're going to have to kind of play with. I don't know. I really don't know. But it, it, it offensive rebounds is, is honestly probably one of the more nerve wracking plays in basketball when it, when it's against you, because it's like, get down, you just made a miss a basket and then you give them another shot. And then a second one, which seems to happen too, if it's one, and then you still get the rebound. Okay, you know, things happen. But the issue is the second always happens now. It's regular on a regular basis. The second offensive rebound in the same series, that really drives me nuts. Because you're set at that point. You're set in that area. Usually the shot goes back up quicker. They don't go back, wait for the 14 seconds to to dissipate and then shoot. They usually get that first rebound. They're kind of scattered a little bit, trying to figure out what they do. And then they try to get to the basket as quickly as possible because they know that in this particular era, now it's 14 seconds when you miss a shot instead of regrouping to 24. And then you still don't get the offensive rebound. That, to me, is probably there's – two, there's two tapes that I'd be showing right now. Rebounding tape, again, I'm sure he's probably shown it. I don't know. And then, of course, showing the the hopefuls. I call them the hopefuls, the ones that were playing the majority of that third quarter that relinquished the lead in, in, in dr- this drastic fashion. You can show that tape and, and, and really be blunt. I know he won't be, but I'd be like, guys, this is why you, this is why the Pelicans didn't sign you. Christie, this is why you fell to the second round. Christian Wood, this is why everyone passed on you, uh, and you're picking the minimum. You're probably probably a month away from being a official bust. So, yeah, Rui, um, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You seem to play better with the stars, so I, I can't expect you to be a ball handling forward it's I think that that wasn't a good idea on 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 Ham's part but I I get a good feeling that he did that on purpose to see how that would all mesh but four out of those five guys if Darvin Ham is a no-nonsense type which I hear a lot which is bullcrap by the way uh that's how I would phrase that now some might rise to the top with that kind of you know assessment and some might go down the ones that go down, they were always going to go down then at that point. If somebody goes up, cool. You guys got called out and you you ended up, you know, going the positive route after that. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing we know for sure, Joe, is, um, look, there there is something to be said about fundamentals as well with effort, especially with offensive rebounding. There, there were just certain guys who you just didn't, crashed the board against like the worm Chicago good luck like good good luck trying to crash the boards trying to grab an offensive reborn from that guy but that that's few and far between that's that's the exception to the rule Joe 
there's only about a handful of guys you could say who are like quote unquote like rebounders in the NBA. Kevon Looney's probably the best. And then you have guys like Clint Capella, who's still very good. You want to throw Jonas Valanciunas in there? You can. Bit of a more of a bruiser, so to speak, like him and Sabonis. But you could throw those guys in there. But it's 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 a lost start. It's a lost start because it's about fundamentals, Joe. And quite frankly, AAU has decided that they don't give a a flying you know what about fundamentals about understanding the art to boxing out and that it's it's as much of uh, a defensive a, a defensive mindset uh, boxing out more so than effort but it just it doesn't get taught it doesn't get taught Joe you know yeah yeah it, it, and this is one of those uh, boxing out and fundamentals of boxing out is is not a era it, that is that particular skill set is an error-free, error-free skill. That, that 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 there is no excuse not to have those in any era now and before. You mentioned Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman would not be Dennis Rodman in this era. Not because he couldn't be physical or anything like that. It's because every defense and the way that the style of play right now would 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 you wouldn't be able to play him because they they. Make sure the ball gets rotated to him at the at the worst time every possession, and obviously he could score a lick. I I, I think if a guy like Kevon Looney could be effective on the boards, I think Rodman could in this game. But you're right, Joe. A lot a lot of what uh, his pizzazz would be taken out. Yeah, and that that that's something that I mean we could probably have a segment that explains that, and we we I, I can I can kind of give you some proof on. The fact that it would be the case. Granted, Andre Drummond is not the worm, right? He, he he's just not that guy. Uh, but he's a he's a rebounding dynamo, right? And that's that's kind of what he does, and he, it doesn't really affect the game, whether he's been on a good team or a bad team or a mid tier team. Uh, where Dennis might have been able to be effective in this era but just not what he became is he might be able to play good man-on-man defense but even then guys I don't know I I I, I in the end we'll never know but the, the the Lakers the Lakers really need to solve this 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 rebounding issue I, that's the only thing that I've noticed in all six games and we had that issue even last year uh and I'm, I'm starting to think that Ham is not caring a lot for that I don't, I don't know why, but or maybe the personnel doesn't fit it. But I would like to see if there's a possibility if we can really, really figure this out. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It just, it's a frustrating play when you don't get the ball the first or second time when they've missed the, the shot. Because I just feel like it's you've gone this whole way of playing really good defense, and then you you kind of let them you you let them get away with it. Yeah, I'm, I mean. It- Again, I think a lot of this comes down to the fact that, you know, it's a slight change of personnel. Uh, center position is a little more fortified at this point. Same problem, though. Like, like different different actors, same problem. Yeah, rebounding is going to be a huge issue, I, I feel, um, especially when we, when we get up against the big boys. 
that needs to be addressed some way, shape, or form. Joe, I, I understand him wants to play fast. He wants to play fast because he believes that the more possessions you create off uh, playing fast, the more opportunities uh, present itself. That being said, you give up weight if you give up way too many second, third, fourth chance in the NBA, Joe, you get killed. It's 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 like in the NFL. You turn the ball, you turn the ball over in the red zone. You turn the ball, you turn the ball over that uh, switches field position. It it's moment it's momentum that kills you. It's like the worst kind of energy vampirism is just bad, bad fundamentals and turning the ball over. And we saw it coincide with one another, Joe. They had they had bad rebounding games, and then it would kind of it would quicksand itself because that would lead to a turnover issue. And that's my main concern here is that certain problems bleed into others. Another way to solve the problem a little is you're going to need your perimeter defenders to play very well to allow AD to rebound comfortably. If you remember a lot of the, a lot of the rebounds that Shaquille O'Neal used to get when he would get 20 rebounds in the playoffs, if you watch probably half of those rebounds, he wasn't fighting them. The defense was so good that the offense, when they knew they were going to miss or they missed a shot, the, 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 the opponent that they played against would already kind of cycle back and Shaq would be like, boom. Because he was in that position. They're like, look, we're not going to go get the rebound now with Shaq there. And that, that, those little things, man, I, I mean, we could sit here and we could teach the game to the audience. And I think we would be able to be pretty entertaining, but it obviously would, it would be more of a, a tutorial of it. I, I don't know how entertaining it would be, actually. I think our audience do like that to some degree, but I don't know if they like it for an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. But those little things that you don't notice are extremely planned and, and important. When you can get your team to rebound with no resistance, you know you've everyone has done their job, and the team you're playing against has recognized that it's a futile it's 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 futile to go after that rebound at that point. Now what you see is you see a bunch of guards because they're they're not being punished for taking a chance and getting the rebound, right? Now, if you go on three fast breaks in a row because a guard is getting kind of risky, just like a guy who tries to steal the ball, right? When he steals the ball, what happens? All the other four have to pick up the slack and it's usually bad, right? It's the same case here. Make them pay for their risking. And then you'll find yourself getting those rebounds much easier, especially if you allow AD to be the focal point of that particular rebound. That's that's the way I would set it up. It's not conventional. It's not something that's explained a lot. But I want you guys to pay attention to it. I want you guys to watch the games this year. And watch when the rebound has been conceded by the opposing team. And see and remember 
how that whole series developed on the defensive end. And you'll start to understand what, what I'm talking about. That's what needs to happen. It starts with all five guys playing good transition defense, good half-court defense, taking care of the man in front in front of them and making sure they – it's just – again, it's another way of filtering the, 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 the guard or the – you know, the forward that's going to the hole to your main defender, which in our case is AD. Now they're stuck baseline, getting a baseline. Now they don't know where to go because there's only one spot. There's only one side you can throw the ball now. It's, it's, that's where that chemistry starts. So my hope is that the, that's part of the plan as things progress during the year. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. And you're watching the Lakers Fast Break podcast. We're talking with uh, my co-host Joe Sora right now as we're uh, looking back on a Lakers loss. Lakers lose 123-100 to the Phoenix Suns tonight in Palm Springs. And Joe, before uh, before we head on out, uh, just getting your thoughts on uh, the Lakers and Palm Springs. We didn't get a chance to kind of talk about that yesterday. I thought uh, maybe we could spend a few moments talking about it. Uh, Dr. Bus loved Palm Springs. Um, it was the home for the Lakers training camp for the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, what do you remember about uh, those, those training camps? And uh, how did you feel about Lakers going into Palm Springs for training camp? Well, uh, to get the comedy out first, uh, I saw we saw a couple of dime pieces just walking around or sitting behind the the seats. So, if you want to know why Doctor Bus loved Palm Springs, that played a big factor in it. Uh, for those who don't have never been to Palm Springs, I'm 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 55 minutes away. I, I actually frequent Palm Springs area uh, at least a couple of times a month for work. A lot of business out there. And it's, it's a, it's Hollywood in the desert. And really that's what, what made it famous is it, 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 it was a Hollywood getaway for a lot of famous people. Uh, and the people there understood that the people who weren't celebrities. So they catered to that. And 
that tends to be a positive for people who want to get away from the hustle and bustle of the the paparazzi on Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard, that whole kind of hoopla. So Palm Springs, um, one of the few places I would say, uh, especially here in California and, and, and having kind of a, you know, uh, kind of a liberal location. <laughs> That's the only way I could put it. Actually, one of the few places that actually are, are, are is kept up really nice and, 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 and a lot of activity, a lot of good restaurants, a lot of, a lot of fun. It's, it's a, if I, if I had to live in Palm Springs, I could definitely do it. It's hot though between June and August, which most of the locals will leave and go back to Wisconsin and Minnesota. You know, I don't know what it is about those two places. They all moved to Palm Springs, but I, I talked to many couples who are in their sixties, pretty much that whole area is pretty much uh, people in their sixties who will, will stay there uh, between September and May and then go back to the cold areas. A lot of Canadians, by the way, too. Uh, and then they'll go back there in the summer to enjoy back home and their kids and that kind of stuff. And then it's, uh, the arena and the bas- the basketball area, uh, ar- the basketball arena is very nice. Uh, it's opened in 2022, I believe. It, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how nice it was and how accommodating it was for an NBA game. If you saw the aerial view of the stadium, I had obviously I've never been there, but I. I forgot they were in Palm Springs because of the, the, the court. I was like, wow. You know, as soon as they went to a, an aerial view, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It, they are in Palm Springs and wow, this did, they really did a job. Oh, they did all this for the Lakers once a year. Really? <laughs> and yeah. It, it's, it's Yeah. It's just amazing to think that in that heat, they did two a days a day, Joe, because the story was that training, uh, Pat Riley would have everybody start up at nine o'clock and practice would go from nine until noon. And then B Scott Coop and Kareem basically said at that point in time, you're trying to catch a nap because all you are is exhausted. Like your whole body is uh, because it was running, right? It's running. It's constant, constant running. And uh, then they would practice again from five until eight. At night, Joe. So- see, see, Palm Springs does not. The difference between Temecula area and Palm Springs is Temecula. No matter how hot it is during the summer, it cools down at night. In Palm Springs, it doesn't. It's hot twenty four, just like Phoenix's, Phoenix area. So yeah, it's the sun though beating on you versus the night is much different i don't mind heat as long as it isn't direct sun i could be in 100 105 degree weather i mean i'm in spin class in the mornings it, it it's it's a hot box i don't know the the temperature I, i'd have to get my my temperature gun but um and i never ask but it's hot in there but it's direct sunlight that direct sunlight from the desert is what really hurts not not the heat. Um, nine to twelve, I'm surprised. I would rather have practice from seven to ten if I was if I had a say in this. I'm like, look, coach, I I I'll I'll run for three hours outside if that's what you want. Which obviously they didn't. They ran and they, they were playing inside, so I don't think it mattered. But let's just say they were doing something outside. And I played football in a in an area where it was very hot too. We used to have we used to 
get up early in the morning to avoid the heat, you know, wearing pads and man, my God, that, that it was hot in the morning too, but the sun wasn't beating on you. So uh, it's, it's a problem, but it, it is still, I know it's hot right now, but usually October it cools down. It's just, it's, there's been weird weather patterns the last few years with what's been going on with all this stuff. And uh, normally right around this time, it's not that hot. It's, it's actually really nice. So, uh, Joe, even though we're two and four, we still got two wins. I would call the preseason season so far so good. Uh, no serious injuries. Um, that was one thing I hoped we came out of this at the end. Didn't really have to fret over. So nobody's really significantly hurt, Joe. Uh, we hope that uh, Vando and Gabe Vincent are both available for uh, for the 24th. Uh, Gabe is dealing with a back, and uh, Vando is obviously de- dealing with his heel issue. So before we head now, Joe, did the preseason answer any of the outstanding questions you had about this team? Or did the preseason cement any of the ideas that you had about this team? The mainstays prove that they are ready. And in the end, that's all that matters. You're talking about Austin Reeves. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what did he shoot today? Um, it was, uh, oh, okay. So he was three of four. So that means Austin Reeves shot around, what, 65 66% from three in the preseason. He's ready. Uh, Torian Prince, other than a little bit today, played phenomenal. Earned the, earned the fifth spot. D'Lo was our best player in the preseason. D'Lo, first game to D'Lo last. played great. AD and LeBron played great. So in the end, guys, that's the five that we need to play great. Yes, we need bench help. But at the same time, we hadn't had Vanderbilt. We haven't had Gabe Vincent. Uh, we're we're, we're going to need to see those guys acclimate themselves as well but as of right now the only thing that matters when it comes to basketball is when your main guys are ready the bench guys the role players let just take turns doing well you know we darvin ham put all of the the all five or i should say four out of the five players that that in that third, third quarter lineup and said prove to me you guys are ready to be in the rotation and the reality is none of them none of them really said yes. Some of them, yeah, we're going to need you to play with the other guys to probably matter. But in terms of those fourth quarters, you know, where we're up 15, let's say, you put this lineup in, that lead will dis- <laughs> dissipate the two points probably within three minutes. So that's the only letdown, but that's the NBA, and that's what these guys are, guys. You are – what did Bill Parcells say? You are what you are. You are what your record says. Uh, sorry to say this, Jackson Hayes at this point is a bust lottery tick, lottery player. Uh, Christian Wood is a disappointing talent that should be better, but he's not. He had a terrible game today, by the way. Cam Reddish, oof. I don't think he's going to make it guys. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but he ain't going to make it guys. His, he looks like he doesn't know how to play basketball. That's how bad it is. Max Christie. I try, I'm trying not to get too hard on Max Christie. I think, 
We're expecting him to be something that I think he's not ready to be. Max Christie needs to be playing with the starters. So when Torian Prince sits, then you put Max Christie in, in a game where we're up like 15 points to see if he can play with the boys. Because he's going to get open shots. Because he can play defense. You know, he can play good defense. And but he, and he'll get much more opportunities with everyone else, you know, being paid attention to, to maybe hit a couple open shots and build that confidence. But as far as him leading the the, the, the bench guys, I just don't think he's there yet, guys. I think he's going to need a little bit longer. Um, Rui Hachimura, same reason why I believe he he wasn't successful where he was in Washington. I think his game has to be around talent. Otherwise, it, his game doesn't translate to him being able to kind of lead that group, lead the group of misfits, if you will. That's that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, and, and Joe, honestly, I, I think um, that, that's a great assessment. I, I'll, I'll say this about Christie. I think a lot of it has to do with perception, Joe, because he only signed a two-year contract. So I think, uh, obviously, you know, you these guys are athletes. They obviously put a lot of pressure on themselves. It, it just feels that he, everything is tight for him right now. And I understand, Joe, what you're saying about him having needing that vet leadership around him, surrounding him to kind of enhance his confidence. But there's also something to be said about, you know, you also need to bloom where you're planted as well. When life hands you lemons, you, you better make lemonade. And uh, he he hasn't made lemonade yet. It, it's been it's been a mixed bag, up and down. Same thing with reddish. So I I, I think one one of the concerns we did have was that off guard, uh, backup role hasn't been solidified. No one cemented themselves into that role yet. So that's still one question outside of that. Now Joe, the other one was we were we were going to see whether or not Hayes and or Wood uh, would be able to eat up some of the center minutes that uh, Anthony Davis uh, is dead set against. So how would you evaluate those two players so far through the preseason? And we've seen them play together uh, with bad results. We've seen them play together. Uh, some good, but for the most part, it hasn't, hasn't been great with those two together. Uh, how would you evaluate Hayes and Wood and their roles? Hayes has played better than I thought he would, with exception to today. But I think Hayes' best asset to this team is playing center when AD is playing the four. Because AD is going to play stout defense. And the one thing that Jackson Hayes does really well is weak side defense his ability to play the weak side for a four that is do as dominant as, as uh, AD is. That's, that's where he can be very effective 10 to 15 minutes a game. And that would really help AD. It really would. Christian Wood, he has to be a spot up five to be effective. They have to devise a offense understanding that they're going to run and gun Leak, let him leak out to the three-point line. And then if the lane is open, 
if you're moving the ball from one side or the other and you're able to get it to Christian Wood for the shot, that is his game. The second I see Christian Wood get the ball at the elbow and turn around, I start to hyperventilate. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. Okay? That is not his game. Do not get him in any isolation situations. His footwork is terrible. He doesn't know how to use his right side or left side. Either you're going to give him the ball close to the rim for a dunk or a layup, or you feed him the ball at the three with space. Then you'll get a good player. If he can get you a rebound, if he can get you a block shot here and there, that's extra. But to me, that's the only way you use Christian Wood. Jackson Hayes, weak side guy. Sometimes he can even play some good man-on-man defense, but he's going to have to anticipate where the guy is going to go. Otherwise, he's going to get burned, right? So that's how I would play those two players. And I hope Darvin Ham understands that. And we're going to get a chance to see that, obviously, soon enough. Yeah, 100%. I actually – I kind of see – in, at least with the pick and roll, the pick and roll is going to be like a car under the hood all year long, Joe. That that's kind of what we're going to have to refer to the uh, the pick and roll offenses as you know under the hood, because there's going to be a lot of tinkering. There's definitely going to be a, a, a you know not a major overhaul, but they they may need some new spark plugs or a new training at some point because he's tried running pick and rolls with all three guards. Uh, both on and off the ball. Most of, most of them have been with Gabe Vincent. Few have been with D'Lo, and he try and him and Austin have tried running a couple uh, in the past few games. It's too leaky right now. His pick and roll game is too leaky right now. It needs to be a lot cleaner. But it's, it it I could see it working. I could see it working. But he you're right. He needs he needs to so. The Lakers are running a great play, and uh, we talked about it during um, playback, and uh, they should probably get Christian Wood in on this to, to help him with his shot because at times you'll see LeBron, eight, uh, LeBron Reeves, or uh, Vincent at the top of the key, and they will uh, ask AD to set a pick, right? So he sets the pick, and then he does that curl, and he flares around to the – to the wing that's that his defender collapses in on the guard and ad's wide open for a three that play has been working like butter all preseason long it's hard to defend now if they could get christian wood in a lot of those actions with the guards ooh, we're cooking with peanut oil then joe yeah the pick and roll sure has changed in this era what, what used to be the pick and roll uh to me, is it's it's only as good as your your pull up jumper, because that threat would 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 be what would create that constant uh, effectiveness of that play. Uh, if you watch John Stockton and Carl Malone do what they did, Carl uh, Malone became a lethal mid range shooter because of it. I, and- I know, I know. Look, Joe, we know that LeBron is the most outstanding athlete we've ever seen but if we're talking just straight up core like core muscles i would i wouldn't put lebron up against carl malone carl malone was the greatest pick setter that the nba ever has seen will seen or will ever see 
Go on. He was so strong. It, it's just you can't really understand how strong unless you actually got picked. And basketball players play basketball for a reason. It's because they didn't want to get hit in football. Almost every basketball player in the NBA could have played baseball or football. Now, the reason why they don't play baseball is because hitting a 98-mile-an-hour changeup is very, very difficult at 6'7". So that's why they don't play baseball, at least professionally. Uh, football, uh, Charles Parkley put it best. He played, I think, one day of football. Uh, he got hit once. He's like, yeah, this is it for me. So with that, guys like Carl Malone, guys uh, like Charles Barkley, uh, enjoy the physicality um, to a certain degree. But they were pretty nuts in terms of the physicality. They they were the exception. Uh, and if you're not going to really set the pick, I don't know how effective – that play is either so the setting of the pick and of course the threat of the and getting getting yourself back together after that because you're you go from boom to then trying to get into a position where you're a threat of shooting or get the ball it takes a lot of concentration i've seen teams do the pick and roll but it's it's always it always doesn't look like it used to it's it's not it's, it's sloppy even if it does work it's still like eh, it's not clean Get into it again. It's about fundamentals. For 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 God's sakes, I see way too, especially bigs, Joe. See way too many of them. When you set that pick or you set that screen, it's your it's your back hip, mofo. It's your back hip that needs to be engaged, not your front hip. And when it's a front hip, Joe, that's when it looks sloppy because guys look stupid and foolish because they're not. They're not following fundamentals. You set that pick. This this is why anybody who like people think that the tallest or the strongest are the best pick setters. No, not always. Derek Fisher was one of the best pick set setters the NBA ever had. Derek Fisher was six feet tall, but Derek Fisher understood fundamentals. He and also that, he also weighed two hundred pounds, and that was a lot for a six one player. Which I don't know. Even I don't even think he was six one. I think he was close to the six feet. Six but, feet. Yeah. But but yeah. Because uh, you don't need to be the tallest or the strongest, but if your fundamentals are sound, and you're doing things properly, then it doesn't look sloppy. And that and that too too often, Joe. That's what's happening, is that these guys are so athletic that they feel that even if their bigs half ass a pick. That they they can just get by, and as we've seen, the deeper and deeper you go in the playoffs, the scouting's better, the coaching's better, the fundamentals are better, and you just can't get away with that crap that you could in Game Fifteen. Yeah, we're the I I, I want to we had we had we have two players that are known for their physicality, right? The few that are there, one is Gay Vincent, the other is Jared Vanderbilt. And they didn't play, so I I do think the Lake the Lakers are gonna have reinforcements coming here with those guys, and I think it'll get a little bit better, at least from the physicality standpoint and pride in what they're doing, pride in what they're good at. 
And that to me is, is the important part. We we're going to have an eight man rotation. You got LeBron James, AD, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Reeves, Vincent Vanderbilt, Prince. And then let's just say Jackson Hayes is that, that next guy. Now, Christian Wood can also be a part of that depending on the lineups, depending on who they play. So those are kind of interchangeable, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to give everybody uh, realistic expectations that, that, that this is, this, this team will have five starters and likely only three. We've got a lot of hybrids and a lot of malleable role players. Just yeah. we, we, we think just about almost everybody kind of knows their role and uh, is trying their best to play, play through it. Uh, Vincent Wood, those two guys probably have the um, the most most alert because they're a lot's going to be asked of them more so than any other role player off the bench. Because if Vincent's out there, he's going to have to find a way to put Wood in his proper position, Vando in his proper position, and it, it the bench unit is Joe. In order for the bench unit to be efficient, it's going to take some time to work out the kinks. I hope so. Again, matchup, it, the matchups per game are, are, are going to matter there. I told you about Jackson Hayes and his effectiveness. I told you about Wood. That's going to depend on the teams that they play. And those two are going to, I think Jackson Hayes understands his role. Uh, my hope is that Christian Wood understands his role. He could get temperamental for all we know, because that's what we've heard he is. These guys, uh, they just have to understand what they what the, what what they need to do to make this team win. But the Lakers have eight guys right now that I can see being effective game in and game out, and and understand their roles and know what this team needs. And that's the most important part. We 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 have that right now, um, and we have to see it in a real game. I got. We have to see it in Denver. We have to see it in Phoenix to start the season. And if we can play competitive basketball in both those games and at least get out one and one, then the sky's the limit in my book for the rest of the year, barring any major injuries. But LeBron, I'd say the best part about tonight, honestly, as much as I love watching AD block every shot, LeBron's legs looked. I can't, I don't, I don't know what the hell this guy does, but 21 years, 21 seasons with the amount of playoff games this guy's played, and he looks like he's in his 12th season. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what, I don't know what this guy does, but it's, it's, this is unprecedented times 10 from what we've seen. I don't know if he's going to run out of gas in the first month, but that's what we're going to wait to see. But I don't know. He looks great. He looked absolutely great. So, Joe, I've, I've got a quick question for you, and I'm going to ask the audience as well. So, we're at the end of the preseason. Give me your one surprise, uh, something that's disappointed you, and then something you're still waiting on. My surprise is Jackson Hayes. I think he's had a really good preseason. Even today, uh, barring the disappointment of his lineup, he, he was – Three for three for three from from the field, uh, seemed to kind of know what he was doing in in, in the position he was in. Uh, so that that's probably the biggest surprise. 
Uh, the biggest disappointment right now is, uh, I'd say probably. It could be just, a situation, Joe. It doesn't have to be a player, just a situation. I, I, I have to go with the player because that's kind of what I'm focused on. I'm disappointed in Christian Wood so far. I thought playing next to AD might give him a little, I don't know, confidence to kind of be free to do what he wants to do. But I think why I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed there is I'm worried that it's going to continue. That's, that's kind of where that goes. And then what I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for this damn team to start rebounding. They're, they're, they're having a problem there. And, and, and it was a problem last year. Uh, Please rebound. <laughs> Please rebound. I can't handle offensive rebounds and, and punches. It's just, especially when it's small guards coming and getting it above all these big guys. Especially since it, you can see it. It has a It has a cumulative effect. It does. The more rebounds you give up, the more opportunities you give up. It's it's a house of cards. Eventually, it's just going to come crumbling down. If you don't get, if you, what did Pat Riley say about rebounding, Joe? Rebounding wins championships. Rebounding wins championships. And the thing is with rebounding, there's a mental effect that that happens. It's very similar to when a ref in the NFL calls a bogus penalty on third down or fourth down. And then what happens is that that team gets a 15-yard. It's always a 15-yard or two. That team gets a 15-yard penalty with a new new set of downs. And now the, the defender and the defense start to play like like they're barefoot on, on ice. It 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 is it, it it drains your enthusiasm, especially when it's someone good. Like when you stop. KD from hitting his fourth shot in a row or something like that. So that's the part that really, really, really affects you. And then what's worse in this era is those always seem to result in threes. It's very similar to when you miss a layup, they go shoot a three and make it, right? It's like 80% of the time that's what happens. It's the same thing with a good shooting team that you don't get that rebound. They'll get that ball to the to the right guy and all of a sudden he shoots it because – Everybody's scattered, right? And then you got the guy uh, who can make the shot, who's excited, who knows he can get some space, and then boom, he hits the three. That's that's devastating because you just went from zero to to now three, and that's that's kind of my only concern at this point. Again, I I think we kind of I wish we had had this kind of game, uh, maybe in the last game or couple games ago because I, I wanted them to kind of finish off the preseason in good shape. But then again, you said best. We didn't we everybody's healthy out of the out of the preseason. The guys that we wanted to really see play well really played well. It's not that bad guys. I'm s i am I do not believe that in any way that Darvin Ham sent that what the death lineup in reverse. <laughs> I don't think he put that that death lineup in reverse there for any other reason than to test these guys' metal. And they freaking failed miserably. And I hope it's a teaching lesson in the end. I hope so too, Joe, because uh, as we as we found out, the um, the three-headed Hydra, that is AD, LeBron, and uh, Austin Reeves, 
really, really showed strongly in the playoffs. Now, they had a bit of a small window where you could take a look into it. In the 390 minutes they played in the regular season, Joe, uh, before the playoffs started in 22-23, those three players had a net rating of plus 14.3. 100 possessions, you have a plus rating of 14.3. That's elite of the elite of the elite. Not even the Golden State Warriors and their death lineup had a, a point differential that high. So, put so, that, so, so to put that in perspective for those who don't know net rating, the number one team last year had a 6.6 net rating. 6.6, and that was the Boston Celtics. So 14.8, you said? Three. Three? Three. That's 14. more than 3. double. Like, really more than double. It's those guys, especially with the way Reeves is shooting, and now he's all of a sudden decided that he wants to mimic Steph Curry? Oh, my God. Guys, keep the, this is the part where Darvin Ham, Rob Palinka. The guy, the usher outside that picks pick, pick, somebody, tell these guys on this team, guys, if you just pull your weight a little bit, we have 10 guys, 11 guys on this team that can play. Can you just do it? Because if you just allow LeBron to play just enough for us to get home court in the first round and maybe even the second round, this mother, you know what's going to take you to the promised land, and all of you guys are going to get paid. Just, just, just do it. Do it. It's, it's just, ugh. It's exciting, but at the same time, you want to, you just want to make sure that everybody else really understands that. And we're going to find out. I really believe we're going to find out here in the first, first week for sure. Well, we're going to find out because the preseason is officially over and the season starts in a matter of days. A matter of days. This is incredible. This is the best part of the year for me. The Leafs turn brown. That means NBA season is around the corner. Unfortunately, the Lakers fall tonight 123-100. The Phoenix Suns end the preseason on a sour note and the preseason 2-4. and four. Joe... Any last thoughts before we head out? No. So for my co-host, my good friend, my brother from another mother, Joe Soro, I'm your host, Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, saying thank you very much for tuning in to Lakers Fast Break. We do have the best chat room in the whole land. That means the whole land. You guys are great. Thank you so much for coming along and we'll see you again tomorrow.